All right, we are in Louisiana, West Monroe. It's me, Catherine, and Rachel, our guests. So we met Rachel last year when Catherine and I were um, on our American outreach in the States, and yeah. Rachel hopped in as our worship leader, and she ended up becoming a really, really close friend. Mm -hmm. And somehow, by the grace of God, we ended up on another team, mm -hmm. and the Lord has since then just like shown us that this is a very intentional friendship that He has for us. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just been so special. So special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Rachel, now we're in your hometown. Now we're here. In Louisiana. My native land. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because you have an accent. I do, You're everybody. From deep in the South. She brings in the, the Southern flair. Oh, sure. hallelujah. Hey, Rach, real quick before we get started into hearing your testimony and everything that you want to share, let's just talk a little bit about the South for a second. Mm. We are down in Louisiana right now. There are mm. lots of gators. We saw a gator. We did. They're sweet tea. Best fact about you though, miss, is that you worked at Chick-fil-A for six years. I did. You're absolutely correct. And it's just amazing. Christian chicken, love that. It's, uh, what do y'all do? You say my pleasure after chicken. everything? Yes, we are trained to say my pleasure and it's from a thing that's called second mile service. And that means basically anything for the customer, we go the second mile to make sure they get everything they could possibly need. So. Wow, I love that. It's so good. Brittany got a real fat homemade ice cream cake at Chick-fil-A this year on her birthday Oh, too. she did. And it was like at <laughs> breakfast time too. I was there. It was the strangest thing. So funny. They were so kind. Okay, another thing though about the stuff is that you've got crazy accents. You've got a no. crazy, you've got a crazy no, no, accent. No. So <laughs> yeah, big Southern accent. It's amazing. It's something I literally, oh my gosh, poke fun at you all the time about. It's true. So you say y'all 24 seven, which is a good one. Gender inclusive. People are really into that these days. But what do you call a shopping cart? We call it a buggy down here. A buggy? So we say when you pull up to the store, like, hey, we're going to go grab a buggy. So, and that's not just Louisiana. That's several southern states across the board. Really? Buggy. That's a buggy. wild. Yes. Okay, my favorite one that you say, instead of movie theater, what do you say? We say theater. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let me, let me clarify. When it's a play, like if it's a play, it's theater, like you said. Okay. We call it like it's a play. But if it's a movie, we say, hey, we're going to go to the movie theater. Oh, Just wow. like that. <laughs> the first time I said it, gathered about lost her marbles. She's like, what? What are you saying right now? Yeah, I was amazing. like, theater. Wait, what's the saying you said last night? Pitch a fit? Oh, pitch a fit. I don't know if I've ever, I'd never heard oh, that before. Man. Yeah, so to explain that for all you northerners out there, people not from the <laughs> south that may have not heard this, maybe it's an American thing, I don't oh, know. No, but if a child is having a temper tantrum, you say, oh, they're pitching a fit. Mm. Pitch a fit. Pitching a fit. Yeah. Okay, and finally, I don't know if this is a southern thing. This one's new. I was mind blown. Instead of a striped t-shirt, <laughs> you say... Well, some, sometimes we used to say stripe it. <laughs> <laughs> stripe it. <laughs> Oh, great. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah, we really just don't think twice about it. Like, it's amazing. It's interchangeable. Stripe, stripe it. Stripe it uh -huh. you know? I realized also recently that your eel words end in ill. So instead of meal, you say mill. Or instead of feel, you say fill. <laughs> That's just how I feel. <laughs> it's great. It's I love your feeling. accent. It's so good. And finally, you made some mean biscuits and gravy. I did, just everybody. Last night it was amazing. Yes. Only in the South would you make biscuits and gravy with Sprite? Yeah, there's only three ingredients. It's Sprite, it's Bisquick, which that can be interchangeable, and sour cream and butter. And you could literally, in Google, type Sprite biscuits. Wow. If you don't have Bisquick where you live, just do Sprite biscuits, no Bisquick. And it's so easy. <laughs> and they're wonderful. They're really amazing. So good. And some Cracker Barrel jam in there yes. and you're laughing. Just an amazing It's the best experience. time. Yes. Wonderful. Rachel, thanks so much for sharing your culture Aww. with us. Oh, hey, also, Rachel, you <laughs> love to rap. Do you want to give a little freestyle about the South for us? Oh, man. You know, I'll do my best. Sometimes it flows, sometimes it doesn't. So <laughs> we're just going to. Great. We'll cut it out if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I need some sort of little beat to go here. Oh. There you go, Catherine. Yeah. Uh. 
Kathy and her friends, they came to the South. They thought it was so crazy. They dropped their big old mouth. They were like, what are these things they eat and they say? They're so crazy. These people, why are they this way? We saw some gators. We drank some tea. Everybody going ham and like, oh, we're free. Uh, so slow is such a great, great time. Thanks for coming by to the South. Till next time. <laughs> Not my best work, but that's hey, okay. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Thank you so much, The Rachel Show. Excited to hear your story. Oh, um, my pleasure. Your pleasure. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's just an honor to have you on the podcast and for yes. you to share your story. We've learned so much from you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some new stuff today on this episode, I think. So really looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, this is a fun little fact. Rachel, I really didn't like you last year mm-hmm. when I met you. She did not. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my uh, gosh. As I've shared on the episodes before, I just was having a rough go at it last year. And I think you just provoked me and I was really mm-hmm. jealous and really resented all that you carried just because mm-hmm. from a place of insecurity in my own heart. And uh, coming into this new season, I was like, oh God, what are we going to do with Rachel? I'm going to (laughs) spend the next six months with her. And I just was like, God, you got to change my heart to this girl, dude. And I just have a yes in my heart. And the Lord was so kind and I repented to you and you were so forgiving to me and you've become seriously such a sister. So Mm -hmm. yeah, thanks for being my friend. Oh man, I love it. We've had the best time. It's true. We've literally had the best time. So fun. We would not have traded anything. It's It's been the best. Cool. Okay, so you want to share with us? You grew up in a Christian home, yeah? Yeah, so yes, grew up in a Christian home, grew up like always knowing about Jesus, always knowing about, you know, being in the church, being there every week, and actually my dad is a Baptist pastor, Mm. and uh, my mom was in a charismatic church, so one weekend I was in more of like a legalistic type church, and then the next weekend I was like in kind of a charismatic church that was a little wild and crazy, Uh so I have a really wide dynamic of church, all things church, and religion in the South. Great, so a big part of your story is Mm -hmm. your relationship with Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. which in the South tends to be a little more evangelical, Mm -hmm. and a little more... I guess conservative in a sense. Mm-hmm. So what was that like, like growing up with like a Baptist dad and like a charismatic mm-hmm. mom? Like when did you personally meet the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and what did that look mm-hmm. like? Yeah, good question. Yeah, in the South, it is true. Holy Spirit is probably the part of the Trinity that is least talked about, least referred to. And honestly, a lot of people don't know what to do with him, you know, mm-hmm. because he's here, you can't see him. It's not like the Father in heaven or Jesus. So there's just kind of like this thing of like, what do we do with the Holy Spirit? But I actually encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And I was actually filled with the Holy Spirit at that age. And I like have memory of it being in a church and them talking about the Holy Spirit and them saying like, if you want to be completely filled and like the Holy Spirit is what is ruled in your life and the thing that you follow and like just being completely filled with him where there's Mm. boldness. And I remember as a child being like, I want that, you know, and just like that childlike faith walking down to the altar and having that encounter and he filled me. And honestly, it was probably one of God's marking things in my life because from that moment on, like there, even as a little girl, I had conviction and I could hear his voice and Mm. because of that experience and that encounter. That is so cool. So what did it look like for him to speak to you as a kid then? I think as a kid, I could sense the Lord's presence when he was in a room. I could sense his peace. You know, I think there were definitely times when he spoke to me through putting pictures in my mind Mm. or him just speaking that way. But the biggest thing was, you know, I I just always had his conviction. I mean, Mm. even as a little girl, like doing things that were wrong, I just could feel inside of me like, I should not do this. Like, this would not please Jesus. And so, um, and like, and I truly had a desire, you know, to want to do the right thing and be obedient and to please him. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember any like specific moments of like, him speaking to me while crazy things, but I just always knew he was there. I mm. always knew the Holy Lord. Spirit was there. The Lord was there. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. And you would want to talk to him? I did. I actually have memory of like talking to him 
And as a kid, you know, I think I thought he would always speak audibly back to me. So I'd be like, why aren't you speaking to me? I'm like, where are you at? Like, actually, I was very literally thought he would speak back to me like, a, you know, a person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I, I, yes, I remember, like, just talking to God, you uh-huh. know, just about whatever. So. Oh, that's so uh-huh. fun. Wow, that's really amazing that you got the yeah. Holy Spirit with you growing up. Um, I know that for some people, they think that once you meet the Lord, it's like your problems kind of disappear and everything Mm -hmm. is like rainbows and butterflies. But we as believers, we know that that's not Mm -hmm. the case. So I'm curious, can you just share your testimony of what that was like growing up, Mm -hmm. knowing the Lord, but still being exposed to like any other thing that any other teen would be um, exposed to? Yeah. So even though I was raised in like a Christian home, Christian church, my parents were divorced when I was really young. And so from a really young age, there were so many gaps in my heart. There was so much insecurity. You know, my dad, I wouldn't see him very often. He was very distracted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just both my parents had different issues. And because of that, there was just a, there was a lot of abandonment. Mm-hmm. So even though, even as a very young age of like having the Holy Spirit and having those encounters, I was also very much like attacked by the enemy in my mind. Mm-hmm. So... Just like God can speak to you through, you know, visions in your mind, the enemy can also put, like, his visions, his thoughts in your mind. So Mm -hmm. I also remember that those same ages, you know, being a kid and, like, knowing Holy Spirit, those same ages, you know, just having horrible nightmares, dark, evil things, like, presences come in my room, Mm -hmm. attack me, torment me, like, just a kid, four, five, six years old. And then also when I was a young kid, dealt with just lust i mean just sexual perverted thoughts that i had not seen but they would just bombard my mind Mm -hmm. like out of nowhere Mm -hmm. you know things i had not seen or experienced but they would just flood my thoughts all the time and i remember Mm -hmm. that just being such a constant thing and so there was always a war going on and you know, there was always that brokenness with my parents and mm-hmm. didn't have the greatest relationship with my parents. So grew up, you know, with different struggles and just hurt and pain, like everybody does at some point in their life. And But still knowing God was the answer, He was the one I needed to turn to. And just like a little bit into that, whenever I got to kind of my eighth, ninth grade year of school, there was a little bit of rebellion coming in my heart and I knew I had to make a choice, you know, what I was going to do, like really follow the Lord or, you know, do what the crowd was doing. And thankfully I chose the Lord, thankfully, Mm -hmm. and wanted to try to pursue him the best I knew how, you know, as a teenager does, you know, Mm -hmm. try to pursue him. But I think, like, the biggest part of my testimony comes around when I was about 16 years old. I got to a point, I was in a great youth group and, you know, just a great group, you know, of young people my age that really wanted God. And I remember we went to this conference, and at this conference, it was like a young adult conference, I remember just telling the Lord, Lord, like, I don't want to be a nominal Christian at my high school. Like, Mm -hmm. I want I don't want to be afraid to talk to people about Jesus you know because mm. the youth group I was in was really like pressing like we got to be witnesses at school and we're going to see revival which is all amazing things but I but I didn't mention you know one thing that just has plagued my life up to this point was fear I mean fear just to a level it would paralyze me mm. and so I remember up until this conference, it was like there was so much fear. I could not open my mouth mm-hmm. about Jesus in high school, like, mm-hmm. and I wanted to. So I remember just like confronting this at this conference and saying, you know, God, like, do something in me, like, that will just change me so I can be bold and, like, mm-hmm. not be nominal and, like, but, like, be someone that's on fire. And it was genuine and I meant it. And so I had this time and I meant it and God encountered me. And then we are leaving that conference. We go home. And that night, it was like a Sunday night. We were driving back from this weekend conference. And we get to the church. And the youth pastor was like, let's go in the church and just like, you know, share everything that God did. And so Mm -hmm. we go into that church. And then we're standing there in worship. And then it was just out of the blue, like a light switch. The worst thing that you could ever imagine, like, started happening to me. And... I started like seeing these horrible, perverse, disgusting images 
Mm. And it, it's not something I was seeing with my natural eye, but it was so, the pictures of it were so real in my mind that it was almost like it was with my natural eye. Mm. And it just happened in a moment. It's, you know, it's like one minute this wasn't happening and the next minute it was. And I remember it was just one of those things as like, I just couldn't stop it. It was just like this flood of like perverse horrible thoughts Hmm. and I'm just thinking like what is wrong with me like what is happening right now in my mind and I remember feeling so ashamed and just thinking like maybe hopefully I can go home and go to sleep Mm -hmm. and like when I wake up it'll be gone Mm -hmm. and I went home went to sleep and it was still there when I woke up and then began this cycle of like you know it just constantly being there and feeling so much shame and condemnation and me thinking i had done something wrong god was mad at me you know this is why this was happening to me and then shortly after that i started like hearing voices in my mind mm. telling me to do things that were just so unnatural and normal there's just so many examples but these voices would almost like mimic God's voice and like, you know, an extreme fear of death came on me. I felt like all of a sudden I couldn't go anywhere unless like God told me I could go because Mm. if I went, I would die. Or like I would like make plans in my mind. I'm going to do this. And then there would be a voice in my head screaming at me. Don't go. Don't go. Like you need to be home and be with God. And so then I'd get in my car and and it would just be so loud. And then Mm. I would start to drive and then and then I'd think like, I don't know if this is God. So I'd turn around and then a different voice would speak to me to do this. And so wow. I would literally in so many instances just drive in circles wow. because I was so confused, so lost. I mean, voices would tell me like, you're going to run off the road into that tree. Hmm. And I remember like there wasn't a desire in me to do that, but I would just feel like I had no control over my mind. Wow. It was so many different voices and I was seeing so many different images um, and then also at that same time, later on, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. I mean, it just progressed. And I literally was thinking like, I'm mentally going insane. I'm going to end up in a mental institution. Like it was just this hole. And here I am still crying out to God, like halfway thinking I'd done something wrong. Hmm. You know, so this is why this is happening to me, which I did not have a healthy view of like my natural father. And so I did not, you know, I didn't have correct thinking of our father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, you know, I must have sinned, you know, like this is why this is happening. And, and, but also thinking like knowing like, well, God says I have the authority, but why is, why is nothing changing when I pray? It would actually be the worst when I would pray. Mm, That's when it would be the worst. Anytime I'd go to church or try to pray. And, um, so it was just a horrible season of my life. And then I also went days, started going nights without sleeping. I mean, just weeks at a time of, and it would just be these thoughts of like, what if I can't go to sleep? And then I would think about it so much that I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. And it would just be this pattern and I'd get stuck in my brain. I would just be stuck and I couldn't get out. And there were so many different ones of these patterns and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, so finally after like a year and a half, two years of this, and it's, I never told anyone in depth what was happening, Hmm. you know, and I genuinely believe if I would have opened my mouth, I would have been diagnosed something for sure. Hmm. Like it's very similar to what I was going through people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar similar type of things happened to them but but two years into this I I was just reaching a point where I was like I'm about to crack you know Hmm. so I told my mom I did not tell her about the voices which was probably the thing that was tormenting the most but I told her about these horrible images I would see and like Hmm. when I would pray and just to be vulnerable you know like but literally every time I try to pray I could not even picture Jesus without it being perverse Mm. and I could not picture God or the cross or like in worship I couldn't look at my pastor without seeing something perverse on him Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so there was just so much shame like the shame was just crushing me I mean and I just so I was like I just don't even want to be here you know I don't Mm -hmm. even want to pray Mm -hmm. so I finally told my mom about that and my mom spoke to me and said, you know, I've heard of this happening to someone else. And I think in my thinking, you know, I was thinking I'm the only person in the world that's going through this. Uh-huh. Like that's actually uh-huh. what I thought. There's uh-huh. no one else uh-huh. experiencing this. Uh-huh. Everyone else is living their married life. 
But she said, I know someone else this has happened to. And so she said, you need to get prayer for deliverance. Mm. Now, I'd heard that before, but I was like, okay, you know, and what is deliverance? Well, in the Bible, you know, we hear about Jesus, a third of his ministry was delivering people that, you know, there were um, demons in their life. Mm -hmm. And where there were issues that they were having that were beyond their control, and there needed to be a higher authority, a higher power to mm-hmm. deliver them from those things. Mm-hmm. And so thus started in my life this journey of God setting me free from things beyond my control. And what are these things? Well, we know Satan is real, but mm-hmm. demons are real. Mm-hmm. We can't necessarily see them with our natural eyes, um, but they are here to torment us. Yeah. Satan sends demons to speak to us, to torment us, to oppress us, mm-hmm. and put things on us to make us think that they're ours, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And when we come into agreement with what he is putting on us or what demons are putting on us, we give them authority and permission to work mm-hmm. in our life. Mm-hmm. And so that started this process in my life of God having to completely rewire my mind. Mm-hmm. And I needed help. I needed someone to help me and pray with me yeah. to stand in that place of authority and tell these, you know, the Satan and these demons to go. Um, and then God also to reveal open doors in my life where I had allowed these things to come and have authority in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was a process. It didn't all happen at one time, but it was this process of freedom and God completely renewing my mind and actually showing me that, you know, part of the giftings he's given me has been, you know, to be very sensitive to the spirit realm and mm-hmm. like to see things and feel things. Um, and the enemy was taking advantage of that in my life. Yeah. But that's actually a gifting God uses now to speak to people and to be aware of like what's happening somewhere. And so, yeah, it was just a crazy process of freedom. Mm, mm-hmm. That is so wild. Thank you for sharing all that. That could be like really eye-opening maybe for someone, you know, because mm-hmm. you hear about getting freedom from the Word of God and seeking Jesus and all that. But actually there are spiritual realities mm-hmm. that we might be totally unaware of. And totally. you, for like two years, were completely unaware of it, right? Mm-hmm. About just like demonic oppression that was mm-hmm. taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for someone to have an open door then? You said something yeah. about like open doors. What is an mm-hmm. open door? Well, an open door is an area in your life that gives the enemy or a demon access to come and torment you, bother you, whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, if you know the word of God, you know, an open door in my life, this was just one of the many, was I had so much unforgiveness, you Mm -hmm. know, towards my parents. Mm -hmm. And whenever you read, you know, in the word of God, unforgiveness is the one, the thing that can keep you, you know, from being connected to the Father, to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, it can keep you from actually going to heaven. You know, mm-hmm. like it says, in the, after the Lord's Prayer, it says, talks about why forgiveness is so important. Mm-hmm. And whenever we're holding unforgiveness towards someone, what it really does is it's actually opening the door for torment in our own life because we are holding them by the throat, saying like, I'm not going to let you go for what you did to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Jesus so clearly tells us that, you know, when he came on the cross, he came to forgive us, but we have to also be willing to forgive others because Mm -hmm. all of us have offended people and all of us have been offended. Mm -hmm. So part of that journey is being able to go on a journey and, you know, say, Jesus, like, I don't know how to forgive this Mm -hmm. really horrible thing, Mm -hmm. but like, I need your help. Mm -hmm. So unforgiveness was one way. Mm -hmm. And another way is, um, In my family's life, there had been open doors to the spirit realm that, you know, things could come and torment me. And just to explain a little bit, I want to read a scripture, and it's Ephesians 6, 12. And so if you've, you've probably maybe read the scripture, but just to break it down, it says, we do not wage war against flesh and blood enemies. So that is saying we are not at war with humans. Mm Mm-hmm. But we are at war against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. And so we're actually at war against demons and other powerful forces that are in the spirit realm that we can't see. And so 
basically, we're not at war with people in the world. We're at war with demons that mm-hmm. try to come and oppress our lives. Mm-hmm. And so many believers don't know that. They don't know that reality. And so they're thinking, you know, why am I having these thoughts? Why is this person acting this way? They'll never change. But many times it's not their thoughts. It's demons putting thoughts, you know, in their mind to make them think this is them. Or it's not actually that person. There is there is a demon in that person's life that in mm-hmm. some way is controlling them or oppressing them for, for them to act out in some way. Mm-hmm. And so along with that, you know, we, whenever that happens, we can't, it's not like to overcome a demon. We're not going to use natural weapons we're not going to use a gun to shoot right. a demon. Right. You know, there's different ways we have to walk in to overcome those things. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so what are those ways that you overcome yeah. demons then? Yeah. So Second Corinthians 10 talks about we use God's mighty weapons. What are his mighty weapons? Well, in that particular scripture, there's not like a quote-unquote set list. But we know from the word of God in different passages of scripture, there are so many different ones. First of all is prayer and worship. Prayer is probably your biggest weapon because when you are praying for someone or yourself and actually being specific with God, not just like these, you know, not religious prayers, you know, that you're just kind of saying to say, but you're Mm -hmm. actually talking to God, communing with God, and you're praying things like protection over your mind, or you're praying scripture, like God, give me the mind of Christ, you know, or you're praying things um, against the spirit realm harming you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so prayers are so powerful. Or like if there's fear in your life or something in your life, you praying and asking God to intervene Mm -hmm. sovereignly on your behalf. That's like the basic answer. Secondly, of course, like we have worship. You know, whenever Mm -hmm. you turn on Mm -hmm. worship Mm -hmm. in a situation, worship always diffuses an atmosphere where there might feel something that feels dark or... Or like you have something going on in your mind and you can't seem to break out of it. Like turning on worship and focusing on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, focusing on Him and not whatever the enemy is trying to put in your mind or mm-hmm. whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are just two ways. Another way, and this is like very specific, is there is there scripture in Ephesians praying on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something practical you can do every day. And some of you may have read this and be like, this is such a strange scripture. But actually, you know, praying, you know, Lord, on my mind, put the helmet of salvation, you know, Mm -hmm. and I even pray Mm -hmm. like, God, cover my mind today with your thoughts, you know, that thoughts that the enemy can't enter in, you know, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, cover my Mm -hmm. heart today, you know, the sword of the spirit, praying on the shield of faith that any fiery arrows from the enemy can't penetrate, Mm -hmm. the belt of truth, the Mm -hmm. shoes of peace, praying scripture, you know, there's so many different ways when you do these things, you are, they're going after things in the spirit realm, not things in the natural realm. And mm-hmm. sometimes you don't actually notice a difference in that mm-hmm. moment, right? Because it's mm-hmm. by faith that you do it. Yes. And I think one more thing to share too also is just the reality, once again, we're in a very spiritual world and these open doors can come through things that you would never expect. It's true. You know, you think about movies, dude. I just want to watch an innocent movie. <laughs> I want to hang out. Shout out. Brittany and I watched Mean Girls last we year. Did. And it opened a crazy door, bro. Yeah, and it's just like, like demonically attacked in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. Was and crazy. so things that we just, you know, used yeah. to do in our old days that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just do this. It's fun. It's innocent. It's actually dark. And demons mm-hmm. can attach themselves to that Absolutely. in the same way that we are a vessel for the Holy Spirit. When you're not saved, you're a vessel for the devil, straight up, because you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He can take control of you and make you do crazy things. So if these people who don't know Jesus are making movies, if they're making music, they're singing out of their own depressive state, they're singing Mm -hmm. out of their anxious mind, they're singing, they're producing that, and they're putting that in the airwaves, in the spiritual Mm -hmm. airwaves, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for us as believers, that's why it's not like this religious thing to say no to the stuff that's bad. It's like, dude, I want to protect my spirit, man. Mm -hmm. I want to protect me and my purity because I love Jesus and because there's a real battle that's out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to ask the Lord even, Mm -hmm. hey, God, is there anything that I've been doing that's inappropriate Mm -hmm. that you want me to get rid of? You know, it might Mm -hmm. be music you're listening to. It might be movies you're watching. It could be... It could totally be anything. Totally anything. Yes. And that's so good to do. And actually, God will show you. You know, He will show you immediately, like, God, is there anything in my life? Or is there, like, music, movies, or even friendships Mm 
Yes. That are op- relationships that are opening doors that are yeah. allowing things to come against me. Totally. And another way along with that is, you know, like we, there's something called familiar spirits and I'll explain what that is, mm-hmm. is if like, let's just say, think about your family. If you have a grandfather that struggled with alcoholism and then your dad struggled with alcoholism and then maybe you have a sister There is some kind of scientific thing in the DNA, but another thing is that the Bible talks about in so many places familiar spirits. And what that means is that there can be generational demons that follow your family and they want to come, you know, and just their, their job is to destroy you. Mm -hmm. You know, the word says that Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. Mm -hmm. So they want to destroy you. And if you become a Christian, then their job is to try to get you to not fulfill the call of God in fullness over your life. And so, like, for instance, you know, earlier I talked about as a child, I would have these really perverse thoughts, and they just came out of nowhere. It was nothing I had seen. I had not seen pornography. Mm-hmm. I had not seen it, but they were just so bad. And, like, just a, a desire for sexual things at a very young, non-natural age. Mm-hmm. And so I found out later in life when I was going through deliverance that, I had grandparents that had opened the door to like molesting children and like just doing things that were sin, you know, Mm -hmm. like sexual sin that opened the door for different things to come against me. Mm. And one of the things I had to do, and this is biblical, is someone needed to stand in the gap for repentance. Mm -hmm. So I would actually repent, say, Lord, I repent for what my ancestors did mm-hmm. and repenting in the Bible, you know, it talks about repentance, repenting of your sin. Mm-hmm. And then another huge word is renouncing and mm-hmm. renounce means I'm having no agreement. You know, any agreement I've had with this thing, I renounce having any agreement and renouncing something, you mm-hmm. know, to say you don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. And then telling it to flee, which those steps I'll get into a little more in a second, Mm -hmm. but things, some things that would go on in your life, it may not even be you that opened the door. It could be someone in your family, but you have to take the responsibility of closing that door for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about soul ties? Ooh, let's talk about the soul ties. (laughs) So we have a soul. The soul is your mind, your will, Mm -hmm. and your emotions. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Entangles. Entangled. Yeah, entangled. Oh, so messy. Through relationships, you know, whether friendships, intimate relationships, sexual relationships, anytime you're involved in different relationships, you can give your soul away in a way that's unhealthy, whether it's with the same sex, whether it's with the opposite sex, this could be between you and a parent, even Mm -hmm. if there's any Mm -hmm. really way that this could go. And what does that look like? Yeah, I think even a great definition for a soul tie is any way in a in a relationship there's an unhealthy dependency on another person or unhealthy attachment or bond with Mm -hmm. that person Mm -hmm. so one of the most common ways people know about soul ties is when it comes to and i think this is the biggest and the deepest because scripture talks about this but when you have had sexual encounter with someone mm-hmm. and specifically a man or a woman because word tells us when a man and a woman come together they become one mm-hmm. and it's not just something physical that happens it's not just something emotional there's something spiritual that happens right. in that yeah. moment and you know that is why the bible tells us you know have sex with your partner because the lord knows the damage it can do to a person's soul and heart when they become one with other people over and over and over and so when that happens, there's a part of you that you are giving to that person and a part of them that you are taking. Mm-hmm. And so classic example, we see this in the movies, we see this in music, is like high school, college couple has this fling and they were in love and they go separate ways and then they get married and then 20 years later they see that person again and they're like, oh, I can't stop thinking about them. Like, mm. I still feel connected to them. Yeah. They feel connected. It's because there is a tie that happened there and it has not been broken, you mm. know? And so it can happen when you've been in relationship with someone and it's like you try to move on, but you feel stuck mm-hmm. and you feel connected. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, I can't get away from this person inside no mm-hmm. matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And so most common ways when you have, you know, sexual encounter, but... It can happen with someone if it's just been a relationship where there's been like emotional entanglement. 
Yeah, so soul ties are real things, and they real can be, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, relational, sexual, mm-hmm. even friendship soul ties. I mean, yeah. Britt, you and I just cleaned house, like, we did. two so months ago in San Francisco. There are godly soul ties, too. You can there have healthy soul ties. But, uh-huh. yeah, something that we were introduced to was um, regularly, like a maintenance, just like a maintenance checkup, like breaking off any ungodly soul tie mm-hmm. with your close inner circle. Because you never know, like you can form like codependency at any time or like mm-hmm. jealousy, anything like that, anything manipulative and just um, anything unclean. It's just good to kind of break that off and clean house like totally. regularly. Totally. Mm-hmm. And we felt it. We felt some type of shift. And so just to hit on that again, you can friendships, there can be a soul tie. You can have a soul tie with a parent. And so that's if there's a parent, there is one or both leaning in on the other one for a need mm-hmm. or like this unhealthy codependent thing or it could just be like you know there was a many years because my mom was single for so long I had this burden as a child like I've got to make sure she's taken care of Mm -hmm. and even after she was remarried it was this thing in me and that was like unhealthy soul tie with my mom Uh you know like God had to remove that burden it's not my job to make sure my mom's okay or to please her Mm -hmm. so even if you had like a really hard parent where there was maybe a lot of control or feel like I always have to please this parent there's an unhealthy soul tie there. Yeah. And the Lord wants, he doesn't want you to carry burdens that aren't yours. You right, know, he wants right, you to break right. it. Totally. So, so, so simple to break them. Okay. Um, basically with a prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, what I'm about to say, it's like basically this wording, but you can word it however your heart wants to word it. Uh-huh. But let's just say that I had a friend or relationship. We'll go with relationship. And I was like, wow. Um, what should his name be? Sam. Okay. Great. I don't know a Sam right now, so we'll just go with Sam. <laughs> so, wow, I just broke up with Sam, and man, my heart's really hurting, and I'm mm. thinking about Sam a lot, and mm. I'm even having this thoughts. Maybe I should just text Sam, like oh. two months later. Ooh, you know, Sam's mm. saying about talking to someone else, so maybe I should just try to get back in there, you know what I mean? Sam? Mm. Hey, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit's in there going, no, 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 don't you dare contact Sam. So, we need to break salt out here. So, it's simple as pie. Uh-huh. This is all you got to do. So first of all, repentance is always the first step. You repent and say, Lord, I repent that I gave my heart and soul away to Sam and that parts of me that you were supposed to fill, I gave them away. So I repent for doing that. And um, I just repent of even uh, any ungodly thing that happened in our relationship. So repent if you had sex outside of marriage, repent if there was unhealthy codependency just repent for anything that's mm-hmm. unholy in mm-hmm. that relationship mm-hmm. and then secondly even if you don't know what it is though you can repent for god mm-hmm. anything that i'm aware of yes. or anything i'm unaware of that mm-hmm. just that's wasn't good. healthy you know because yes. i know for me there's so many times i don't even know what i need to repent of but i know that there's something there you know so that's such a good point Catherine. <laughs> always do that just always repent and be like lord i all of it all of it lord i repent he loves those prayers uh-huh. yes and then if he needs to show you he'll bring it up uh-huh. you know uh-huh. And so first step is always repentance. And then second step in, in breaking a soul tie, well, what's the power in breaking anything? It's the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what I say is I, in that moment, will say, Lord, I just ask and pray that the blood of Jesus would sever any tie in my soul with me and Sam. And I pray any part of my soul and my heart that I gave to Sam, Holy Spirit, would you bring those parts back to me? and make my heart whole again. And any part of Sam that has stuck to me that would want me to keep thinking about him, vice versa, I just ask every part of Sam would go back to Sam and nothing of him would remain and that the blood of Jesus would just completely break that tie and make me clean. Hmm. Yes, just like that. And then I guarantee you, if you pray that prayer and you mean it with your heart, you will feel a difference Uh or a shift. Uh And depending on the relationship, it's a, if it's a friendship, it might be a little tailored to whatever the issue is. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, I just repent where my friend, I'm taking on burdens of responsibility and pleasing that aren't meant to be mine. Mm-hmm. And I just ask any part of those burdens that aren't mine, I give. I just ask your blood would cut those things mm-hmm. and give them back, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the key with repentance, well, repentance, what it really is, is it's turning back towards Jesus and Mm -hmm. so really walking out in that I think is so key because let's say you break that soul tie Sam's going to feel it on his end because it's a spiritual thing and so you hear Mm -hmm. about this happening all the time when someone finally decides to leave a toxic relationship and then out of nowhere that partner comes back and suddenly wants a second chance 
And so it's really important that when you repent, you stay like repentant and you stay like walking out in what you, you what you said that you would do. Like, Lord, I don't want to be in that situation anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really key. And just like full disclosure too, like that, that happens when you break soul ties. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I would even say, just tack this on the prayer. I just ask the Holy Spirit to fill all those places that yes. person was filling, Good you know. One. Just say, Holy Spirit, come fill that those little holes mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Sam or Judy or whoever mm-hmm. was filling inside. Yeah, so yeah. good. Hey, mm-hmm. so if you're listening to this, ask the Lord, God, who do I need to break soul ties with? Mm-hmm. And it could even be this practical list of anyone you've ever dated. You know, there's been some sort of connection there. And you can break them off with all those people. But the Lord will reveal to you exactly who you should break it off with and what that looks like. Absolutely. And now for a short commercial on how to get rid of an ungodly soul tie. I dated Sam 15 years ago, but I still think about him every day. Especially when I go to Chick-fil-A. Because that's where I met him. I should call him. That sounds like an ungodly soul tie. Huh? No, not a soul tie. Yes, a soul tie. Well, what do I do to get rid of it? You need to repent for any ways you've tied yourself to Sam. Oh, how did I tie myself to Sam? I don't see any string anywhere. No, silly Ray Ray. This is a spiritual matter we're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, Lord, I repent for all the ways, both known and unknown, that I have tied myself to Sam. And I just ask you, Jesus, that your blood would break this soul tie. Don't forget to grab your soul back and give him his again. Oh, right. All parts of me, I call you back from Sam. And every part of Sam, leave me now. Well done, Rachel. Are you going to call Sam now? Sam who? This has been a short commercial on how to get rid of an ungodly soul tie. Hey, so let's go talk about like more of the spiritual stuff. You know, we just talked about soul ties. What about these spirits that follow us as right. believers, you know? You know, I was taught in the church, is if you are saved, you can't, demons can't come, like, torment you. And that's a lie. Now, as a Christian and a believer filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot be possessed by a demon Correct. because your spirit is seated in heavenly places. Your spirit belongs to Jesus. So another spirit cannot grow up and take control. You cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed. Uh-huh. And being oppressed can still just be pretty, ugh, you know, like totally. they can put thoughts in your mind, especially if you're someone like, you know, the world would say empath if you're a feeler and you can feel lots of different things. You can feel feelings from mm-hmm. demons, which that's very much what was happening to me. And I just had no idea. And so then you're just like, what in the world is happening to me? But you can be oppressed as a believer, but Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he did not just die for our salvation. He died for full freedom in our emotions, in our soul, in our mind, and in our spirit. And so many people don't know how to appropriate that full power that he paid for They when they only think of salvation, and that's just the beginning. Mm. And so I heard Brittany the other day talk about the word sozo, which mm-hmm. means... It's the Greek word for salvation, which means not just to be saved, but to be healed, to be delivered, to be made whole. It's like this well-rounded, all-encompassing thing that comes with your salvation once you give your life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So freaking good. Yeah, and so just one scripture I just want to read. You know, this is the kind of life we are supposed to have in Christ. It says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So anything that you are experiencing in your mind or in yourself that is, of course, we know righteousness, which is like walking in righteousness, not sin, but peace and joy and anything that would fall under like those good things is not from God. Mm -hmm. So if there's worry, if there's fear, if there's anxiety, if there's a problem with lust, pornography, if there's a, if there's issues with anger, gossiping, lying, Mm -hmm homosexuality, like just everything that could be going on in your life, there could be a demon at your door knocking, you know, Uh trying Uh to torment you and put thoughts in you or give you thoughts that are not your own or give you feelings that are not yours. Very practical example, fear. You know, fear is a very common thing people face, emotion, but it's not just an emotion. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, God has not given us a spirit, spirit Mm -hmm. is demon, Mm -hmm. spirit of fear, but he has come to give us power, love, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. So anywhere your your mind is not sound, there's not peace, you're not walking in love, there are probably 
different demons that are coming to torment you or oppress you in some type of way. And so today, I would just love to share the basics. If uh-huh. you resonate with any of those things, like, wow, I really struggle with worry. Mm-hmm. No, that is not just your DNA. Jesus died on the cross so you could be free from worry. Jesus died on the cross so you could be free from anxiety. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying if you are taking medication or you are in counseling that you should stop that. You should continue with counseling. That's part of freedom. Therapy is part of freedom. And there is a tie between, you know, getting pain and wounds healed within us, but also deliverance. You know, mm-hmm. we need both. We need both. Mm-hmm. So this is just the spiritual side to things. I've also had a lot of counseling in my life that was very helpful. But for instance, for so many years, like I said, I dealt with extreme fear. And that was probably one of the ones that was, you know, the hardest to kick out. But it was a spirit tormenting me. And God did give me solution and freedom hmm. um, to get free. So let's just say you let's just say you're dealing with fear in an area. This is a very simple prayer that you can pray about any issue in your life. And this uh-huh. is the prayer. Number one is you repent, like just like with the soul ties. Lord, I repent for my agreements with fear. And then you can, if you know, like your mom's walking in fear, there's been a lot of fear in your family, you just go ahead and say, Lord, I repent on behalf of my ancestors for walking in fear mm-hmm. and, you know, thinking, you know, agreeing with fear, repentance. Second step is you say you want to renounce, which we said earlier, is just saying, I don't want anything else to do with this. Like any agreement I've had is null and void. I renounce my agreement with the spirit of fear Mm. and I don't want fear in my life anymore you know and saying with your will I don't want this and thirdly is that God has given you the keys of authority you have the authority to tell that spirit to go and get out and you with authority you don't have to yell but just with authority and with your will say I tell you fear get out right now in my life and so it's repenting repenting for that spirit or that sin and renouncing, like mm-hmm. renouncing, saying you don't want an agreement, and then mm-hmm. you speaking to it and telling it to go. And so mm-hmm. for many of you mm-hmm. that have never done this, I guarantee if you will just do this with some things, you will experience like mm-hmm. immediate like freedom, mm-hmm. Some, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, and you want to do it in Jesus' name too when you're oh, yes. rebuking <laughs> that thing. You're telling it to go in Jesus' name. And mm-hmm. Rich, do you have to wait for some sort of shift to happen? Not necessarily. It's by faith. Um, and a lot of times our feelings will line up with our faith. So it's not necessarily about a feeling. However, you can sometimes feel something different. Like, oh, I feel lighter. Or there's more peace where there mm-hmm. wasn't peace. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a feeling. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people don't feel anything. As you get more freedom, you will see the fruit of that freedom. Yeah. You will start to notice it. So can you give like a few examples of maybe things that people would be struggling with? Obviously, the fruit isn't the issue. It's more the root issue that you need to get mm-hmm. at, right? Mm-hmm. And so if someone's feeling anxious, maybe they carry a lot of anxiety, what would be like the root to that that you would want to get rid of? Well, um, anything that has to do with anxiety, worry, a lot of times stress, the root would be fear. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an underlying layer of fear in someone's life. So a lot of times when people are, have anxiety, a lot of times it's fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. fear of the future. And sometimes you're like, well, I don't know, you know, what that is or what that, where that could come from. And, um, you know, a great question when people, whenever people do inner healing or even just, you know, deliverance is that you can like take that to Jesus in your prayer time and Mm -hmm. say, Jesus, show me the root issue of where this anxiety is coming from, where worry is coming from, where stress is coming from. And if you'll just get still and invite Jesus into that process, he can show you like Mm -hmm. this, he can pinpoint it for you. He can bring up a memory for you and you know, really, we can only be free by Jesus walking us through freedom. Right. So, mm-hmm. That's so good. Can you give a few examples then of maybe spirits that could be on people mm-hmm. that they could repent of? You know, now that we've got these tools, what are a couple maybe basic ones that people might be carrying? Sure. Well, like I just mentioned, fear is fear is definitely probably the numero uno mm-hmm. um, because in the Word of God, you know, God is love, and the opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. Mm-hmm. And almost every almost every single sin can be traced back to fear in some way. Mm-hmm. So our whole lives, I think, is, you know, 
us trying to overcome the spirit of fear in different ways and it's and it's a process you know you might overcome fear in one area and then later on it'll be another area mm-hmm. um, but some other places obviously would be fear another huge one I think we all deal with is sexual perversion and so many different things can come under that umbrella just anything you mm-hmm. know under that you know that's just a basic basic one Another one might be abandonment, you know, if or rejection. If you were grew up in a household where there wasn't healthy families, healthy function, mm-hmm. and didn't get the security you needed as a child and the attachment you needed, there was probably some level of trauma. So abandonment, rejection. A lot of times when there's pain, you have anger, you have rage, depression, grief. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different like places of pain in our life, you know, just basic ones across the board shame shame is one of the big bases for why a lot of times people can't get the freedom that they need unworthiness mm. valuelessness mm-hmm. yeah so many of those control controls the huge one the three basic ones that most everything can fall under is shame fear and control mm. and a lot of times when we've had pain or we there's fear we try to control everything about our lives and when we do that, it's we can't trust people or the Lord. And yeah, so control is a big one. And under control, you would have rebellion. You know, mm. you would have fear of authority, fear of man, you know, all sorts of different things like that. Um, and then, you know, that's what leads to substance, substance abuse and looking for other things to fill the void on the inside. Mm. Great. Thanks for sharing all that. So those are things that people can repent of then? Right. And going back to the easy steps, you could mm-hmm. say, let's just say control. Lord, I repent for being in agreement with the spirit of control. I really don't want to control my life anymore. I want you to be in control with my of my life and I just renounce control and just any way it's been in my life, would you clean any wounds out of my heart and I just tell control to go. Hmm. And it's not all normally, not every little bit of it's going to leave in that one prayer, but you'll definitely feel something lighter, something change, something shift. And God is so faithful is that after you pray these prayers, oh, he will, he will put his little finger on the areas in your life where you have those things and you still need freedom and deliverance. I've been walking this road now for 12 years and Mm -hmm. I mean, things are still fresh popping up Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So like you said, just very, this is very intro basic. There's so many more deeper things that the Lord can do. But all in all that this is a really great tool to have. Mm -hmm. So it's important to just ask Holy Spirit, hey, or even, you know, as you're naming those things, what pops up in your life personally, even hearing those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but just so important to ask Holy Spirit, hey, God, what do I need to get rid of today? What mm-hmm. are you highlighting? So good. What can I repent for? Mm-hmm. All of that. Also, last thing, I just actually feel the Holy Spirit wanting me to share this. If you struggle at the nighttime, like in the night, have nightmares, you know, like feel like you can't sleep in your room, um, there's dark things in your room. The power of Jesus is the most powerful force, and He is the one that can break every stronghold. So if you are if you struggle at night to sleep, then I just want to encourage you at night to invite Jesus in your room. Pray for the blood of Jesus to cover your room, and you have the authority if you know Him, if you know Jesus, to tell anything not from God to leave. Mm. So don't know who, don't know who that's for. Probably many of you, but God wants you to be able to sleep in peace and have have peace in your home and then ask him to show you if there's anything in your home that could invite the enemy in such as movies music books etc right mm-hmm. that's so good yeah interesting i know for me even so they have times when you can sit with someone and go through inner healing and deliverance mm-hmm. for like a two and a half hour session four hour session where they'll go through like things that you've struggled with things in your you know parents and grandparents that they've struggled with or things that you struggle with your entire life and then they'll just kind of go down the line and get rid of this stuff mm-hmm. in you and that stuff like we're talking about you'll find maybe in more quote-unquote charismatic circles but like we've heard today like this stuff is actually very normal it's real mm-hmm. it's affecting our daily lives mm-hmm. and for me actually i hadn't been through any inner healing or deliverance until just a couple months ago and man i shared on other episode just like all the crazy junk i went through on outreach last year And if I would have gone through inner healing and deliverance before YWAM outreach last year, my outreach experience would have been infinitely different Mm -hmm. because I was attacked. I was plagued by so much shame, so Mm -hmm. much guilt, so much abandonment, rejection, and all these things that I like couldn't, I literally couldn't control. It's like it was, had its claws in my back. And I remember just last year having like crazy suicidal thoughts too. And I was like, 
what the heck, bro? Like, I want, like, all the time, like, you should just kill yourself. Like, you're going through so much struggles right now. You've got a podcast, and you're, like, this horrible Christian. You should just kill yourself. I was like, where are these thoughts coming from? And, like, I was like, this is so weird. But then made it out of that season, come to YWAM this year, and then we are in San Francisco, and I'm having a rough time again. But this time, I knew it would be a both-and season, that it would be both incredibly glorious, but also painful. And I think the words both-and have really brought me a lot of clarity and freedom in life, guys. <laughs> life, we are in a both-and life. And it's okay. Oh, there's amazing gosh. moments, and there's horrible moments. So I was like, oh, it's both-and. Thank you, Jesus. It's both-and. So all of a sudden, some prophetic dude comes out of nowhere. He's like, hey, have you ever been suicidal? I was like, uh, yeah, like back in the day. He was like, oh, like, did you get rid of the spirit? And I was like... Uh, like I think so I don't know anyways fast forward a couple days I'm having these freaking suicidal thoughts again bro this like little thing in my head like yo you should kill yourself going through a really tough time in in San Francisco kill yourself kill yourself but then by now I've been through all this inner healing and deliverance stuff because you Rachel you and other people in this season have just been Mm -hmm. so like informative and I was like oh okay and I was like oh my gosh this is a spirit I was like I need to tell Rachel so I come home to you in the bedroom our tiny bedroom I was like Rachel I'm having suicidal thoughts and then you were like oh well do you want to just renounce the spirit of death and I was like yeah okay so you led me through that very simple Mm -hmm. prayer God I repent for coming in agreement with it I renounce it and then you just took authority you said hey spirit of death and Catherine I speak to you right now Mm -hmm. I tell you to get up get out and uh, you spoke to it and I just felt like something lift Mm -hmm. off of me in that moment and it was wild the next day when I was still having a bad day I could feel where that thought would have been right but it wasn't it's like it wasn't clawing me in my Mm -hmm. back at all I was like oh that's where that thought would have been but it had no power it was just like empty and then the next couple of days still going through stuff but the thoughts just like dissipated more and more Mm And then, yeah, when I was going through stuff, again, it just completely disappeared. Where I was like, oh my gosh, it's gone. Like, mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that these things that we deal with, it's not actually us, right. right? And we can get so caught up in it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm suicidal. What's my problem? <laughs> you know, oh, but it's right. actually, these are spirits that are attacking us. And just to normalize it, like I've been walking with the Lord for what, seven years mm-hmm. now. And I just got rid of that. And I didn't even know that that was hiding in me for seven mm-hmm. years. So these things are like infiltrating us they're plaguing us but like god wants to get rid of them and he will use difficult circumstances to bring it to the to the light right had i not been going through this intense stuff in san francisco it's like i was a toothpaste tube and it was just like "Mm," getting squeezed and i was like oh here comes the spirit of death (laughs) you know and i think it's also important to know that sometimes god will actually let you feel different spirits in the room so that you can pray Um, against that and so Mm -hmm. for me like I've never really struggled with like suicide like that's not something that's like a huge part of my story Mm -hmm. and so I remember being like on this trip where I suddenly had like these suicidal thoughts and it was so random too it's like I woke up and I was like I should just call myself today (laughs) I was like where is this coming from and it just there's no context for it whatsoever but then I realized that it was someone else on that trip that was carrying a spirit of death and mm-hmm. there was actually an invitation for me to be interceding for that person and breaking that off in the spirit without without them even knowing. Totally. Or if you know them and there's like a relationship there, like bringing that up and like inviting them into like renouncing and repenting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, God wants to use us. Like we're all discerners, whether mm-hmm. or not we are operating in that, there's always an invitation for us to grow in discernment mm-hmm. and God will absolutely use mm-hmm. um, our that gifting Mm -hmm. Um, for his glory yeah the bible calls it discernment of spirits Mm -hmm. it's a gift and i just want to encourage you out there if you are someone that feels emotions very deeply uh, you might be what we would call a feeler Mm -hmm. and so even just to make it not so intense if you've ever like if you're a person you walked in a room and you were happy then all of a sudden you were depressed and immediately what do we do we turn and look at ourselves and think wow why am i all of a sudden depressed right now probably what happened was it's not you you were in someone's atmosphere and you were discerning a spirit on someone else mm-hmm. and also in that moment i love what Brittany shared about like you know praying um, and you can even pray if you don't know who it is but another important thing to do is not taking it as your own mm-hmm. and as soon as you feel that thing like wow i don't I'm feeling depression or I'm feeling sadness or I'm feeling anxiety. I don't think that's mine. Again, you have the authority just even under your breath. You can just say, no, I, I do not take this anxiety and I tell you to leave mm-hmm. or spirit of fear or whatever I tell you to go. And then, and, and also burdens, you know, you could feel people's burdens and just like being like not taking responsibility for spiritual things that aren't yours. So, and if you are also to a feeler, I encourage you 
to sit in dialogue with the Lord and be like, Lord, teach me about this gifting and teach me what to do with feelings. Because especially if you're a person that feels a lot of different things, the enemy would want to use that to torment you and like, or just make you confused, you know, but God, it's a gift, mm-hmm. you know, to pray and then to walk in authority. For instance, Brittany here on our trip, there was a couple times we would, we would be, we would drive into a city and that discernment of spirits would come up and she would be like, wow, I just sense in this town that there is like an orphan spirit here, that there is just people that feel, you know, they don't, they're orphans, you know, they don't have a place of belonging and they're walking in these different traits of like what an orphan was. And so we prayed for that city and that mm-hmm. town saying, God, we ask that you would come and bless and redeem and like, mm-hmm. you know, this orphan spirit would, would leave and that you would come and bring life. And so there's so many different things. And also want to just say, sometimes people's issues might be deeper than the, just this one prayer. And I just want to say that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I, from the beginning, I needed help from someone that knew what they were doing to pray with me. And so I just want to encourage you if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm so tormented. Like, I, I just feel like it's overtaking my thoughts and I don't have, just feel like I don't have control and just a place. I would encourage you to like, Pray and ask someone, you know, pray and say, Lord, send me to a ministry that can help me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, look up, you know, ministries. And I know a great one that we have used is called RTF, which stands for Restoring the Foundations. And that is a ministry you can actually Google in whatever area. And it is a credited, you know, deliverance ministry that follows biblical scripture. I can't speak for every deliverance ministry out there, but here's just one tool. If you need help, like just like in something you can't pray on your own, there are places and people that can help you. And so Mm -hmm. one place is RTF, Restoring Mm -hmm. Foundations. Mm -hmm. You can Google in a state or wherever and someone can pray with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, Brittle and I are going to get trained in RTF. Can't wait. I'm going to R everyone's F. So excited. Mm-hmm. Look forward to it. And it's so biblical because everywhere that Jesus went, he cast out demons. He, he delivered did. people. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And just to personalize it again back to me, like I wish I would have gotten deliverance so much sooner. Wow. Stuff with my sexuality, so much brokenness and pain that I've went through over the last few years. Had I, If I had deliverance, like, bro, if you were to get saved... Give your life to Jesus, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and get deliverance. That's like literally you would be clean and on an amazing mm. journey with God. Yes. And also, I just want to say one last thing. You know, maybe some people are listening, and you've been on deliverance journey, and you're like, I'm still not free from this. I just want to encourage you, don't be frustrated. Because also, sometimes there's a timing, and God knows when our our hearts are ready to receive freedom. And if there's been deep wounds in certain places, sometimes there's a certain amount of healing that needs to take place mm-hmm. before we can get delivered. So God is sovereign. He's in control. And so if you're like listening and you're like, man, I've gotten I've been on a healing journey, journey with this particular thing for so long. Um, God has you too, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. he sometimes, some things are instant and then some things he unwinds. He allows them to be unwound slowly, mm-hmm. but he's in control and his best, he has his best interest in mind for you. And so you can trust him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. A whole nother part of the healing journey is just going back in memories with the Lord, right? And receiving yes. that, that healing in your uh. heart from past traumas and things like mm-hmm. that. So you can get deliverance and that's one part of it. But also there's healing that can come. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that takes a longer time. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, and so we talked about the demonic thing. But what Catherine's referring to, if there's been like a painful memory in your life, you can actually go to that memory and ask Jesus to come. And you can you can just basically tell him how you felt in that memory and then ask him to show you where he was. Mm-hmm. And he'll show you and it, it will just make such a difference. That's so good. So good. Love that. Rachel, you're amazing. You are. A little slice and dicer in the spirit. Ooh. Big sword. Slice and dice? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. That's you. Yes. Do you want to pray for anyone listening? I would love to do that. You just, wherever you are, if you're not driving or sitting, you just want to be in receiving mode. Open your hands. <laughs> you don't have to, but you can. Yes. So, Jesus, we thank you that you came on the cross and that your blood was enough. It is the highest power in the world. Mm. And so Lord, I thank you that we have the authority anywhere the enemy has stolen from us, taken ground in our life and wreaked havoc. We have the authority in you, in you to walk in redemption and to kick him out everywhere 
that he has come to torment us. So right now, I just pray for every person listening and I just pray for freedom over them. Yes, I just ask that that spirits of anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. fear would go in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Spirits of suicide, um, sexual perversion, yes, lust, Lord. pornography, a mistaken sexual identity would go in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Lord, I just even pray right now where there's been a lack of peace and there's been torment that the peace of God would just flow over individuals from their head to their toes and you would bring clarity to their minds clarity to their hearts and just everywhere the enemy has come uh, to steal kill and destroy that you would bring life and life more abundantly and I just bless every person listening and I just ask that the peace of God and the freedom of God would come and even during this prayer that you would just break any power of the enemy that would yeah. want to come and try to torment them and we just tell it to go now in Jesus name and I bless them Lord would your face shine upon them and your favor and just speak to them just speak to them Lord in Jesus name we pray amen Hey, thanks for joining Just Godly Things today. Man, this was a very interesting episode with some stuff that we've never really talked about. But it's so important to hear because I think so many times we focus on like, wow, God needs to heal my heart from all the pain in my heart, which absolutely, He needs to heal our hearts from trauma and bad things that happened to us that were never supposed to happen. And Romans 12 also in the New Testament also talks about this process of renewing our minds, which we've talked about that a lot. As we read the Bible, it's true, it's alive, it changes us from the inside out. So we declare the truth of God in our minds and it just goes deep into our hearts. And so we start to become this reality as we read the Bible. We're like, oh my goodness, I'm embracing this, I'm becoming this. But this third part that we don't talk about enough in the church is the fact that there are spirits that are attached to us. And these spirits can come from open doors in our lives, like we learned today. And they can also come from mom and dad. So you think about an alcoholic dad, you know, he has a kid, the kid grows up, becomes an alcoholic. Man, that's not coincidental that that, that, that happens. There are actually generational curses and things at work here. But the good news is that Jesus has come to heal us, to set us free, and to deliver us from all that stuff that's plagued us for our lives and for generations. Isaiah 61 in the Old Testament of the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is referring to Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Friend, this is a spiritual prison that Jesus wants to release you from. He wants to heal your heart and free you from all these prisons that have been holding you back because you were made to run and to fly. So friend, I want to encourage you. Start repenting. Start renouncing. Start getting free. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and just believe by faith that God's going to start delivering you from stuff that you were never created to carry. Ah, so exciting. We'll see you next time.